All right. Welcome back to another weekly review of the Illinois football game and Bears victory Monday we got in front of us. Unfortunately, we had to start with the Illini, just get them out of the way. Andrew, they probably had endless opportunities, like 20 opportunities that we saw for them to just put the game away, win the game just throughout the game, not even just at the end, but just so many different points to just run away with the game. And they just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, man. I I just don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, there was that game was lots of momentum shifts and Illinois was looking like they could put it away, you know, seal that victory. And then next thing we know, they're kicking the game-winning field goal, and Illinois gets another loss handed to them. It was, you know, we had some hope there for a bit, and then just got snatched away from us, and it was a frustrating game. Very, very. And uh, before we jump right into it, I got orange juice in front of me. I got tests this week, so I'm trying to keep my uh, vitamins up and uh, make sure I don't get sick for my midterms this week. What do you got in front of you today? I have a glass of milk in front of me trying to mm. keep my bones healthy what percentage you go for your milk oh you're, you're not gonna like this answer i go skim oh my god <laughs> you're drinking you're drinking water milk man milk flavored water that's what you're drinking i i'm a two percent or whole milk guy just because i i just need that flavoring probably not the healthiest but that's that's how i do it if i'm right, drinking man, milk i'm going healthy yeah. Yeah. So uh, we kind of, we referenced it just, they had endless opportunities, um, but largely big takeaways from the game was um, they had a drive that they could have kind of sealed the win at the end of the game on that final drive, Brandon Peters took back-to-back sacks. And then on another one, he, on the third in like 28 or whatever, he passed to an ineligible receiver. It was like the center or something. And that pushed them even farther back. Well, they had to punt. Well, since you're punting from the five at that point, when you started out at your own like 45, um, you're pretty much just like the other Maryland gets the ball at midfield. They have to make like two first downs before they're in field goal range. And they had plenty of time on the clock to do that. Um, And then a lot of just inopportune penalties for, for them and just not getting enough players involved, not enough Luke Ford, not enough Isaiah Williams involved. Um, just a lot of missed opportunities during that game. And yet it's, you know, they still only lost by three. I mean, no, it, you shouldn't, you know, be glad about a loss, but I feel like old Illinois teams would have gotten blown out with the way that they played, but surprisingly they, the defense kept them in the game. They did. And, uh, I mean, as you said before, right, that, uh, possession where they were getting pushed back further and further now. I will say that was a nice catch by the offensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Peters chucked it down. So that, that was a little cool to watch, but uh, you know, the penalty after not as exciting. And then, you know, you give them great field position in a game where you just need to run time off the clock and go downfield. You don't even need to mm-hmm. score. You just got to work that clock. And they just kept going backwards and backwards, penalties, sacks, missed opportunities. It was tough. Um they did run a lot in that game, which was they did. kind of good to see. Um, I didn't think overall Brandon Peters looked like his normal self. I wonder if that injury was still bothering him or right. what was going on. But he was missing some throws that usually he makes. And he was taking some big sacks. Um, he was. It's, you know, I, that, I, I just never liked how he's always just taking, like, just throw the ball away, man. 
usually interception wise, he's pretty good, but he just, he does take way too many sacks. He does. And I mean, what I noticed from this game is a lot of times, I don't even know that he saw the guy coming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't have good pocket awareness. He doesn't know that pressure's coming. He's just standing in the pocket. And next thing you know, he's being wrapped up for a sack. So pocket awareness wasn't there, but I mean, we kind of saw that beforehand, you know, in his previous games, the thing that really worried me is his accuracy was not there. And I'm thinking it might've been related to that shoulder. Actually in the last possession, you saw the backup Art Sikowski throwing in case he had to go in, which leads me to believe that Brandon Peters was probably not going to play anymore uh, due to probably that shoulder hurting. He just didn't look right. So hopefully he can get back on track. Run game, there were a couple really nice runs we had. Other than that, not much going. I think they no. had 45 carries and only like 150 yards. So, yeah, you know, run game in general was uh, a couple of really nice carries by Josh McCray. Um, but yeah, he's been a real bright that. spot. Very yeah, surprising it's... bright spot uh, in that running back room. And like, yeah, the offensive line was supposed to be this, this huge strength and they've been okay, but they, they're supposed to be better with all the experience coming back on that line, um, all those starters, uh, you should, and all that experience that just that age, like they, they should be so much better than they are um, these past two weeks. And when they run inside in between the tackles, running backs are just getting swallowed up right on the line and maybe getting a yard or two. I would have liked to have seen like more like jet sweeps from Jakari Norwood and maybe getting some Isaiah Williams involved more with that. Um, but like, they don't really have the running backs outside of those two guys to really make that. Like I know Reggie love or chase Brown. I don't, I just don't really see them on those outside of the tackle running backs. Um, so if inside the tackles is not working and that's where a majority of your running backs, you know, do a good job, you know, where they're designed to run and you don't have the personnel to run outside of the tackles that kind of limits you. And like you said, you saw a lot of uh, just inside the tackle runs and a really, other than a few plays that ripped off for long runs really wasn't that many. And uh, Josh McCray kind of, I was surprised the speed that he had, but it was awesome. Just when he made that huge touchdown run, how he was stiff arming the defensive back away from him as he was sprinting down the field. That was so funny to watch. Uh, that oh, yeah, was he, awesome. He, he was fun to watch and yeah. he had some really nice stiff arm plays and he would make guys miss tackles. That was really cool. I think Chase Brown actually was injured there for a bit. So he was out. Uh, Mike Epstein, I don't think played think that he's game out. at all. I, he's done for the season, I think, again. Or at least I don't think he's done for the season, but it's like a pretty long-term injury, unfortunately. Yeah, so our running back room was hurting a little bit. But, hey, Josh McCray, he stepped up. He had some nice runs there, and I was impressed with what I saw from him. Hopefully he can continue developing and, you know, become a, a more equipped running back and, you know, show some more potential in the pass game as well. That's something I'd like to see. I don't, we haven't seen much of that. And uh, if he can become a dual threat, that's always really helpful for your quarterback. The one design, it wasn't even a design pass that he caught out of the backfield. Brandon Peters, I think Joshua McCray, also a true freshman, by the way, was supposed to pick up a blitz and he just like let him just walk by. And then Brandon Peters saw the blitz come. He's like, oh crap. He sees Joshua McCray like wide open because, you know, there's, Obviously, the linebacker came in for the blitz, and then Joshua McCray, man, he has some wheels, man, and he's powerful. I, I'm really excited for him and Reggie Love to lead 
this running back room in the future? Because obviously Chase Hayden after this year, Mike Epstein probably gone, both of them after this year. They, I think they might technically be able to come back, but probably expecting both those guys to be gone. Um, and then Chase Brown, hopefully he can – I don't like how he's been injured so much, and he's probably your best running back overall. But if he's starting to get nicked up here and there and just not be 100% and not be available every game, then you got to hope Joshua McRae um, and Reggie Love can step up. Um, and Joshua McRae, true freshman, has done that. So uh, really excited about him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, that running back group is – we always were expecting them to be pretty good this year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't expecting Josh McRae to be the guy that we'd be talking about at this point. But with seen injured and – Chase Brown, he's had some good runs here and there, but I don't think he really got going much that last no. game. Injuries maybe was part of it. Um, but in general, that offense, they got to get going a little more. I think yeah. the defense played a pretty good game, and uh, the offense just wasn't able to put up a whole lot of points. Yeah, I, I know it's frustrating with the running game, that how they really didn't produce too much, but they still moved the ball downfield for the most part a lot of the time. Took a lot of shots downfield, unlike the Bears did week one. Didn't connect on all of them, but for the most part, you know, Brandon Meter missed on a couple, but there was a few he had that were like the Maryland defensive back was just draped all over the wide receiver. And there really wasn't anything that, you know, was going to happen with those plays, but the ball was placed perfectly and it still um, just could not be converted for whatever reason. But despite all of that, they were still able to move the ball downfield and they got into the red zone a few times and they just could not convert. I don't think they converted once in the red zone for a touchdown. I think their touchdowns were long runs um, from either like I think it was Joshua McCray, that long touchdown run. And then um, Casey Washington picking up the fumble from Reggie Love and then running that in for a touchdown. That was pretty. See, another thing that just bounced their way, helped them get uh, into the red zone. Otherwise, they had a, uh, a blocked kick and then um, had to settle for field goals in the red zone. So, I mean, it, they just didn't get I liked how they tried to go to Daniel Barker that one time in the end zone, getting the tight ends involved. But you need to try to get Luke Ford involved in those red zone schemes when you're in double tight end sets. Um, I just, I don't know. They just couldn't figure out what to do in the red zone. So that, that, I think that was probably the biggest frustrating part for the offense for me. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's always frustrating when you can get, you can make a drive go a little ways and then you just Mm -hmm. fall out. You can't go any further and you end up either punting, kicking a field goal. Now, that play by Casey Washington where the ball pops out, he scoops it up, runs for a touchdown, heads-up play, good for him. That was uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice play to watch. But that's again, you never give up on a play. Exactly. But um, that wasn't our offense really showing much potential. And, you know, Josh McCray had the other touchdown run, which was a decently long run. So we uh, – we weren't able to get that ball moving. We were able to start getting it moving and then we would just stall out, whether it was penalties, mm-hmm. missed opportunities, yeah. sacks, something like that. We'll just stall the drive. And it's tough to win games when, I mean, outside of that one fluke play, you scored a touchdown and a field goal. Like, right. You're not going to win a whole lot. And that defense kept us in this game. I'm going to be honest. They did. They did. And, um, I was very, very happy with the defense because that Maryland offense is high flying. I mean, um, 
they got like two, two or three, uh, four or five star receivers. They definitely have two five star receivers. And for the most part, you kept them in check. Um, not really any missed assignments where a guy was just completely wide open. Um, you got beat on a couple. Um, it was, it's, it was disappointing on the last two drives. You let up a touchdown and a field goal, but I mean, it's not like that, you know, you got burned for the first, you know, 90% of the game for the most, you kept your, uh, with turnovers and God, also that turnover right after we got the fumble recovery and then immediately threw, uh, Brandon Peters immediately threw an interception in the red zone on the next play. God, that was, uh, that so that that was just I, I knew that it was just going to be a slog for the rest of the game. But the defense they didn't give up even after that play. You would have thought, oh man, we got to go out there again after we just got you know stopped them in the red zone and um, we got to go back out there. But they never quit, and I I really like to see that after what they just after they got gutted at Virginia, that was awesome to see them just buckle down and just hold a high flying offense that um, that you're going to see a lot in college football. Maybe not so much in the Big Ten, but a lot of college football, and they did a really good job. They did, and I mean, up until at the end, they were a little spotty, but up until the end, I thought our defense held really well. I think they had two forced fumbles, one of which. The, that was just a straight up strip. The ball yeah. was in Maryland's hands. And the next thing you know, it's in Illinois' hands. That was pretty awesome to see um, that defense. They played well, good for them. Uh, if they'd gotten some support from the offense, that would have been good. And that was a real motivation, not motivation, but momentum swing when we got the turnover. And then the next play in the red zone, we turned the ball back over. Like, mm-hmm. Once your defense makes that play, they're all hyped up. Your offense is hyped up. You've got to put those points on the board. Giving the ball back just swings everything the opposite way. And it's tough. Like at after that point, you know, there were a couple, I think, more drives. And then Maryland's offense just got going and sealed the game. Yeah. Yeah. It really just kind of oh, man, that, that was really frustrating. Um, but I I hope they can just I know that was a gut punch of a loss, but you just gotta hope that. After that Virginia loss, we didn't give up on the season. And, you know, you can just hope you just continue that don't quit mentality into the Purdue game on the road. It's, I don't know, man. Uh, Purdue kind of has the same type of offense. Don't have the same type of players, though, as Maryland does. So you just hope, I don't know, hope the defense can come to play again. And then just hope that the offense can just fix their mistakes and capitalize on the opportunities given to them. But what do you expect from Purdue this week? Yeah, well, you know, Purdue is, they've, they've given us issues almost every year that we've played them and Purdue's a team that's easily beatable. I think we have the potential to win this game and Mm -hmm. guys need to step up. I think our defense, it was really nice seeing that turn around after that, crushing loss of Virginia. They stepped it up quite a bit and I think they played well against Maryland. Let's hope to see that defense back next week. Offense. I don't know what's going to be going on with the quarterback position, but let's hope that whichever quarterback is playing, they're able to get a couple more completions in, move the ball downfield, eliminate some penalties. And if we're able to do that, I think we can get that win against Purdue. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a very winnable game. Um, I just, yeah, as far as like winnable games goes, you're looking at the rest of the schedule. 
we talked about it before the season. It's front loaded all the winnable games. So you got to try to keep capitalizing at the very least progress as a team. So when you do get to that back half, you're just not, you know, looking terrible as a team. You at least got to improve as a team. And I know this is a super seniors last year. And that's like, there's a lot of seniors on this team, but you're kind of just hoping to build a culture going forward so that you don't have that don't quit mentality for future classes, because I think we've seen that a lot in the Lovey Smith years because they had the bend, but don't break defense. And a lot of times it broke. Um, and that just brought a quit mentality uh, for a lot of the players throughout the, uh, throughout the years. So you just hope they can change that culture. And I think that's what I'm kind of looking forward this year. I don't want to see the blot losses like Virginia. It's kind of like, I want to see, I, I want them to pass the eye test. Of course, the wins are important. I don't see them bowling, not after this start, after a one and three start, but I hope the rest of the way they can pass the eye test and the coaches pass the eye test with their decisions too. Oh yeah, I agree. And, you know, we'll see as the season progresses kind of what their scheme looks like. Um, again, happy with the defense offense there. They need to address that. Mm-hmm. We need to start getting more points on the board. Curious to see what the coaches are going to do these next few weeks to get that going because, we're going to have some tough games coming up in a couple of weeks. So got to get those things addressed now and get some momentum. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's switch over to the fun part of the episode. Bear down, baby. We got our first win of the year going up against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at home. It got close there at the end. We, you know, offense almost tried to give it away there at the end, but we, we stood up firm. The defense came to play as opposed to the week before. So surprise from the defensive performance like we did with the Illini. They actually kept us in the game. And without that defensive touchdown, I don't think we would have won that game. Um, what are your overall thoughts from that game? Well, turnovers can win you games. And this is a perfect example of it. Now, outside of turnovers, I didn't think the defense was anything spectacular. But with those turnovers, that's what gave yeah. us the edge. I mean, yeah. when you get a turnover, that's taking points off the board for the other team and giving your team potential to add them. Plus, you obviously have Roquan Smith's pick six, which adds points to your team right there. So that was pretty cool. Um, those turnovers were clutch. You know, it was awesome to see um, Eddie Jackson stepping up, getting a strip as well on one of the receivers. Uh, you had Roquan Smith with a pick, Jalen Johnson with a pick, and then you have a uh, lineman getting a yeah. tip, tip ball <laughs> interception, like good for him. I think that was Angelo Blackson uh, right. made that catch. It was, it was not an easy catch. Either. No, I was no. impressed with it. No, and, he uh, caught the deflection and, and brought it in for the interception. And that was Joe Burrow's third pick of the game right there in a row. And so the three passes, three picks, um, just a really – really just got him out of his element with that pocket pressure. And he quickly got back into his element um, on those last two drives for touchdowns, but it only took us, you know, all we had to do was just take him out of, you know, his groove for just a few plays and it just completely changed the game. And, you know, Justin Fields, we got to see him play a lot and you saw him a couple of times get out of his groove when a couple drop passes from his receivers and he started making mistakes um, but it just shows you how just a few plays um, that our defense capitalized can really just change a game. 
Oh yeah, and as you said, you know, Justin Fields, not only that, but he had some rookie moments for sure. And yes, he it's did. a good learning experience for him. And I'm sure we'll talk about kind of Andy Dalton's transitioning, Justin Fields, that kind of stuff. But I saw some rookie moments from him, which isn't completely surprising since this no. is his first big amount of play time. But uh, you know, there's some things there that he should definitely work on as the season moves along. Agreed, agreed. And there is uh, the rookie moments that I saw I thought were fixable. Like that fumble, I think, you know, you know, holding on to it with two hands as you're running out of the pocket, um, you know, because you don't know who's behind you. Um, and then obviously not seeing that um, defense or that linebacker come into play. I think that's fixable, too, with more film. And then also, I think just more practice with the first team. Uh, hopefully this week, I don't, I think Andy Dalton should be back. I don't know the extent of his injury. Did you see anything about that yet today? If they, if they found out, I don't think it's anything serious, but as far as like, who's going to start this week, I have no idea. Yeah. So I don't think they've announced that. I think the official word that I saw is that he has a bone bruise on his knee, uh, questionable for this week. Now, Matt Nagy did say if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's our starter. Yeah. Justin Fields will be ready to go, though, in case Dalton isn't ready. And now, Andy Dalton was playing great. He was. Like, I know we've talked about it. We want to see Justin Fields play, but this wasn't how. You know, Andy Dalton, he was having a really good start to the game. Mm-hmm. He got seven points on the board. He was playing fairly well. And, you know, he just he had a little injury, and it you hate to see it. Um, we did want to see Justin Fields, but that, you know, that we would have liked to see Andy Dalton continue playing that bit because he was on a roll. Um, obviously, you throw Justin Fields in there. Now, I think part of the reason we saw some of these drops could be the fact that Justin Fields doesn't quite have that same chemistry with Darnell Mooney and Al Robinson because he's not getting these first team reps. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw a pass go off Mooney's fingertips. Oh, that yeah. could have been a huge gain. You saw Allen Robinson have a ball go through his hands, hit him in the chest. In the touch, yeah, for a touchdown. In the end zone. You don't see that from Allen Robinson very often. And, you know, I think if he and Justin Fields are able to work together a little more, build that chemistry, you're going to see some awesome things because some of those plays Justin Fields made were awesome. Now, he obviously had those rookie mistakes. The interception, like you said, didn't see that linebacker drop back into coverage through that pick. He knows that he needs to be better on that front. Um, he's going to be a pay- paying attention to that next time. I guarantee you he'll be keep- keeping an eye out for that linebacker. Yeah. And then, you know, in the pocket, always use two hands. Those are coachable things. Um, Justin Fields wasn't happy with how he played. You know, he said he needs to be better. He said he didn't play very well, but he played well enough to get us that win. And it was scary at the end, you know, Joe Burrow and, Jamar Chase connected for a long touchdown. They showed the LSU chemistry, and I was nervous for a bit, but that uh, the defense and the offense were able to lock that game down at the very end and come away with a win. Yeah, me too. I um, I was nervous. I my thing was I'm not going to grade on a curve just because he's a rookie, you know, and didn't have any for you know. It's still the National Football League, you know. We're in Chicago, a third largest market. You got to play up to the you know the high standards that Chicago deserves. But I also know that he's not going to not have growing pains as a rookie too. So I'm not you know too surprised that he had those rookie uh, growing pains. But I expect him to grow out of that as the season goes along, especially if he's starting. And I think a lot of that stuff comes, I mean, 
so I, I that's going to come, you know, with repetition as the first team starter. But if you're fighting for a playoff chance, you might want the high floor uh, quarterback and Andy Dalton to get you there. But like we talked about it, Andy Dalton's not going to win you any games. So, but I feel like he's not going to lose you any games either. Justin Fields, the way some of those turnovers that he had could lose you some games uh, down the road, which is kind of makes me nervous. I feel like those mistakes would subside as the years, as the year goes on, but it could bite you in the butt early on. So I could see both arguments for him sitting until Andy Dalton hands in the keys, but I'm still leaning. If I had to pick right now, I would still lean to pick uh, Justin Fields starting every game here on out. Yeah. And I think with more experience and real games and, you know, stuff like that, he'll start picking up on these things. You know, he's starting to experience some NFL issues now. And the only way to get through those is to play in NFL games. So as he gets more play time, I'm sure he'll, be able to read defenses better, see when guys are dropping in coverage and stuff like that. So, you know, as you said, you know, if, if Andy Dalton plays this week, I'm not going to be upset. He's been playing well, but if Justin Fields plays this week, I'll also be excited to see what he can do and how he'll bounce back from kind of a rough game. And, mm-hmm. you know, either way, it, it should be a good game to watch. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about the defense that really just kept us in the game. And I just saw every facet of the defense getting involved and they weren't elite, like you said, but they capitalized on the opportunities that were in front of them as far as turnovers goes. I mean, they got burned a couple of times in the secondary. And I think Joe Burrow even missed a couple of wide receivers that were just wide open uh, that would have been for sure touchdowns. So the secondary still has to get their stuff together. But uh, I thought Eddie Jackson played better he still let up a touchdown and I think he still would have gotten burned on those couple touchdowns but he also uh, caused a turnover also and he had a couple tackles for loss too on his uh, blitzes so um, overall pretty happy with the defense what about you I'm definitely happy with them and as you said they did allow some big plays and some potentially big plays that didn't turn into much um, you know, Eddie Jackson, I was glad to see that he had some good tackles some tackle for losses because tackling's been an issue for him. So mm-hmm. it's good to see that part back. He's back to hopefully his ball hawk status now with I that strip. So. Maybe get some picks to add to it now. Jalen Johnson, there was one play where he got burned, but there, uh, Joe Burrow missed the throw. However, he is currently ranked the top cornerback by pro football focus. He's doing great. Football. He's doing great. That is awesome to see from a second year cornerback. Yes. Now, you know, we had Kyle Fuller on the other side of him. We cut Kyle Fuller for salary cap reasons. Kendall Vildor is now that cornerback. So a lot of question marks, but Hey, Jalen Johnson, he's stepped up taking that cornerback CB one position and he's playing pre- he's playing pretty well. He had a pick yesterday, jumped that route. Like, this man's playing well. He did have, you know, a mistake here and there, but in general, right. he's playing pretty well. No, we talked about it before the year for this secondary. We needed him to just play out of his mind um, for this secondary to click for the Bears and keep them in the games. And right now he is playing at a ridiculous level. And I hope he can keep that up. And I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Now we just need uh, Vildor to pick up his end of the bargain and just be what would have been the Kyle Fuller on that side? Because I'm, I'm, 
I would have liked to have think that um, Jalen Johnson would have been, you know, CB one, and then Kyle Fuller would have picked up the other guys. And I think that would have been the right move. I think they would have made that move. So you just got to hope Kendall uh, Vildor can just pick up that slack. Um, I was, I loved that. I saw Robert Quinn had a few cameos there. He actually, you know, finally after Khalil Mack has just been occupying the entire side of the whatever, um, right side of the offensive line, Robert Quinn was able to capitalize on those uh, single coverages and uh, get a couple sacks tackles for loss. So really glad to see that defensive line penetration. And that caused those, a lot of those turnovers from Joe Burrow and the, uh, um, so that was really good to see the defensive line come to work. Oh yeah, it was, you know, that defensive line all day was putting pressure on Joe Burrow, whether it was Khalil Mack, uh, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith off of blitz, you know, Eddie Jackson off of blitz, they were putting pressure on him. And one thing I really liked that Sean Desai did is the Bengals have very good tackles. So yeah. knowing that he actually stacked Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack next to each other on some plays. Mm-hmm. that way they would be able to run, you know, stunts with each other. And that was how uh, Robert Quinn got one of his sacks assisted by Khalil Mack. You know, Khalil Mack beat the guy to the outside. Robert Quinn ran inside, sacked Burrow. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Sean Desai. I know one thing that really upset me is discipline. There were tons of stupid plays yeah. by people on the defense. Once the play's over now, Deshaun Gibson clapping somebody's face, getting a taunting call. Robert Quinn hitting Joe Burrow once he was already out of bounds. There was, I think, a roughing the passer. Like, they got to be cleaner. There's no reason to have these unsportsmanlike conducts. Taunting with the rule changes, I don't know. I fully agree with it. You know, you got to give them some leeway. Let them get in each other's heads. But it is what it is. You got to know the rules, and there's no reason to do that. And Robert Quinn, I don't know what he was doing on that play. Joe Burrow was clearly out of bounds, and he gave him a little shot with his shoulder. Like, you just got to be smarter than that. That gave him an automatic first down. Like, you're playing well. Let that speak for itself. Don't make stupid plays. Be disciplined. And I liked what I saw from their defense, with the exception of Duke Shelley. Um, I thought he got burned constantly. I thought Joe Burrow was targeting the receivers matched up anytime Duke Shelley was in, you know, that nickel spot, um, a lot of question marks there and Duke Shelley got beaten quite often. And um, now once he got to the guy, he was decent at tackling, but he got beaten on quite a few plays and would like to see him step up there. agree. And I don't like that taunting penalty, like how hard they're enforcing it. Hopefully that subsides as the year goes on, but it just makes the it makes the NFL the no fun league, and I I just don't like seeing it there because I mean unless it's egregious I don't understand calling it but like you said a lot of the penalties weren't even the taunting ones from the Bears defense it was just roughing the passer uh, unsportsmanlike conduct uh, yeah unsportsmanlike conduct um, you know pushing after the play um, so it was just like you said a lot of undisciplined stuff and that that needs to change from the players themselves because coaching, you, you can tell them not to do it and tell them the importance of it, but it still takes the players to play smart knowing that a penalty can really change a drive. And we saw that, um, that the Bengals, I think on their first drive, they got saved with the penalty. They got a first down out of it. And now they didn't score out of it, but it just still extended their drive and almost cost the bears points out of it. So got to be more disciplined on it. But um 
I think we just saw again too how amazing Roquan Smith has been for us. I know he got the turnover and everything, the pick six, that was awesome. But all the other things that he does, just the leader of that defense and how he's just, he's just always around the ball. I, I just love that that guy, man. He's he's a great linebacker for us, and I, he's just going to be a staple on that Bears defense for the next 10 to 15 years. It's going to be awesome. Oh, without a doubt. And I he's played amazing, and I love watching him tackle. He, he doesn't miss many tackles. He, bear, he usually bear hugs the guy and just takes him to the ground. And yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. You know, he's played lights out. Jalen Johnson, those two have been the highlight of this defense. You know, obviously Khalil Max, you know, been causing stuff up front, but those two guys are playing out of their mind, especially this last game. And hopefully they'll continue it. And then uh, that'll cause other guys to step up. Maybe Eddie Jackson finds his groove when those two guys are playing well. So we'll see where things go, but I'm happy with what I saw. Yeah, love it, love it. All right, man, uh, what do you see out of the Browns game this next weekend? They go on the road, still 12 o'clock game, uh, but the Browns, that's a really good uh, Cleveland Browns team. I know they didn't look amazing against the Texans, but um, they held their own against the Chiefs, and they're still a one-on-one team and probably an AFC title contender. What, what do you expect out of that game next weekend? Yeah, no, that, that's going to be a good test for this defense. You know, I think – Baker Mayfield and the Browns, they've been playing really well. And, you know, it's their defense is going to have to play like they did this week or maybe even better to keep us in that game. Um, offense, whichever quarterback we're with, they're going to have to keep going quick, get some points on the board, give the defense some confidence. Now, if the defense can get three turnovers like they did this week, yeah. I think we'll, oh, you know, yeah. we'll be set. But that's not something you can really rely on every game from your right, defense. That's tough. So, um, they'll need to step up. They'll need to make plays. Jalen Johnson will need to continue playing well. Eddie Jackson will need to step up and take away some deep throws from Baker Mayfield. Um, obviously stop the run game. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this defense to step up a bit and, you know, continue what they did last week, see whether we can go from there. And then, you know, the offense has plenty of room to go and hopefully we'll see that from whichever quarterbacks in and obviously mm-hmm. David Montgomery, as always, um, get him going get them going early, you know, make them fear the run game. And then if you have Justin Fields and, you know, run some bootlegs, get him outside the pocket, let him do what he does best. Yeah, I agree. Let him, he did seem like he, I know he can be a good uh, pocket passer, but they should have used him more on the run. Um, Get him rolling out of the pocket and let the defense sweat some more. Um, But I hope, man, I hope they can watch some film and just, you know, realize that maybe they didn't want to do that since behind him was Nick Foles if he got injured and maybe they don't want to, you know, risk him to injury just yet, but he's still running out of the pocket anyway. So like you might as well just have him on the run for a designed play call for a designed pass. Um, but Cleveland, they also have a lot of playmakers on that, uh, in that wide receiver core. Defense secondary got to be ready. I know Jalen Johnson's going to be there to play. I need Vildor and Shelley to come to play. Need those linebackers to step up too, and hopefully that defensive line can. I I just hope they can keep that penetration up and just force Baker Mayfield into some bad decisions. But um, probably I don't expect a win, but I would expect to not see them fall apart like I did against the Rams. I hope so at least. Oh, yeah. I'd also 
if I had to pick, I would say the Browns will probably win this game, but it's, it's a winnable game for the yeah, Bears. Without you know, a doubt. If they play well and, um, you know, the, the slightly concerning part is Nick Foles hasn't been suited up for the first two games of the season. Now, is that because they're trying to trade him? Is he injured? I don't know. But if Andy Dalton's not good to go and Nick Foles isn't suited up, that means Justin Fields is our only quarterback. If if he's a running and he takes a hit, gets injured, David yeah. Montgomery is the next guy up as a quarterback. So <laughs> let's hope we yeah. don't see that now. As, as great of an athlete as David Montgomery is, I'd rather – not see him play quarterback. Yeah. So. I'm sure it's just like a practice or like the amount of active people they can have on the roster. So I'm sure if Andy Dalton's gun that, you know, not being able to play this week, Nick Foles will have a clipboard as usual, but he'll have full pads on ready to go in if he has to. Um, and I didn't, we didn't even mention David Montgomery throughout the show, but man, he was just as awesome as he was week one, just making yards out of nothing. Like we, we talked years prior. I mean, he has a different edge to him this year, but even years prior, how he would get swallowed up behind the line of scrimmage and somehow evade like two or three guys just to get to the line of scrimmage and make something happen out of nothing to at least, you know, make sure they don't lose the drive by getting sacked for three or four yards. So um, he had some great runs on Sunday and I just expect nothing less from him uh, against the Browns too on, on Sunday. But he's been playing lights out and Damian Williams. I haven't been super impressed with, I'm going to be honest. I think he, you know, he's struggled quite a bit. He hasn't mm-hmm. really gotten anything going, but David Montgomery's he's been amazing and it's great to see that. And Hey, who knows with all these quarter quarterback injuries, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of quarterbacks around the league were getting injured. Yeah. Maybe there's a trade happening for Nick Foles. Who knows? You hope you can get something out of them. You, I, I just don't know what team would want to give up any picks. Like I, especially with that contract, I, I don't know what they would be, what they would get back from him for him. Um, other than like cap relief, hopefully, because you, I don't see any picks, so maybe cap relief. But other honestly. Than that, even if that's it, like, even if we only get cap relief, I'd be happy with that yeah. because that frees up a roster spot. Cause if we cut Nick Foles or send him the practice squad, we lose out on a lot of salary cap, but if right. we can trade him and they take his contract, that gives us some money to work with. Maybe we can address that CB2 position. Maybe we can bring in some guys to fill some of these question marks. So teams out there looking for quarterbacks, Nick Foles is a, uh, 2-0 against Tom Brady. Come uh, come get him while you can. <laughs> right? Yeah, he just goes from team to team. Whoever's playing Tampa Bay that week, he just signs <laughs> with that team. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. All right, well, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I know the Illini, they go to Purdue this weekend on the road. Bears go on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. I'm hoping – Hoping for a couple W's, man. It's really rare if the Illini and the Bears win on the same weekend, but it always does make the weekend a lot better if just one of the two teams can win. Hopefully we can get somebody to win because it just makes it um, not a terrible weekend <laughs> if both lose how we're used to. So uh, let's hope for a good, good couple of wins, man. Thanks for uh, hopping on and talk to you next week, man. Sounds good, Danny. Thanks for having me and let's get some wins. All right. Bear down and ILL.